for your message forever. <laughs> Thanks for all your help, Josiah. Uh, so today uh, we enjoy communion together, and communion is, has always been a special time for me and a special um, moment of community and communion and physical remembrance of what Jesus has done for us. And it's a chance to start fresh. But there's an essential part of communion that I think sometimes we gloss over a little bit, and that's the forgiveness factor, right? Um, so the first verse I have up here, just to kind of bring us into it, there's a typo, so just ignore it. Just fix it in your mind. Um, but it's from Matthew 26, and this is when Jesus is having um, the Last Supper with his disciples. And he says, then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So Jesus was the payment. He made forgiveness for what we do wrong possible, right? So as we get into the idea of forgiveness, oh, it works, yay. Um, how many times do you think um, the Bible has the word forgiveness? So I, I think it's important to know what version you're using. So I said specifically the NIV. So we've got some choices here. 25 times, 15 times, 150 times, or none of the above. So raise your hand if you think it's 25 times. Raise your hand if you think it's 15 times. And it's, it's specifically the word um, forgiveness. Uh, 150 times. Oh my gosh, none of the above? We had some raising. Okay, none of the above. Okay, well, it is a little bit of a trick question, and I learned from the best with the trick questions and being interactive, right? It's 15 times, and that's specifically the word forgiveness, okay? So the next question then, um, how many times do you think the NIV Bible uses the word forgive? A little bit different. Forgive and forgiveness. So you still have some options here. We've got 30 times, 65 times, 121 times, or none of the above. So how many people think that uh, the word forgive is used 30 times? How about 65 times? Got a couple. How about 121 times? I, a few more. So that was an oddly specific number, right? I probably gave it all away. Uh, it's definitely 121 times in the NIV that the word forgive is used. All right, so I have another little interactive thing for you to do, if you would, with me. This is um, a tool that we've used in community engagement. And if you would use your phone, it is allowed today. Um, and go to menti.com and then enter that little eight-digit code that you see. There's a question that comes up when you put in that code, and it asks you to choose some alternate words that define forgive or forgiveness. And then we'll have a word cloud kind of show up once you start putting some of those things in. Mm -hmm. 
And then we'll see what it looks like when all of us put our ideas together. Is it coming up, Josiah? It is working. Okay, good. I will bring it up over here. Yay, do that. I'm still of the age where everything technological is like magic when it works. So Josiah is going to show us the word cloud when we've got it. has such good ideas. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, yay. Look what you created. That's what forgiveness means. Freed from guilt, honesty, maturity, permission to go forward, fresh, hope, respect, growth, love, new life. Um, if a word is larger or more bold, that means it was a couple of choices, not just one person. Relief. Overlook. Moving on. I like your words. Well, let's go back to uh, what we're going to learn and focus on today. Um, what does the Bible say about forgiveness? If you will look at Second Chronicles um, chapter 7, verses 13 through 15 with me. So that's Second Chronicles chapter 7, 13 through 15. We'll see um, what God says. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So forgiveness has steps. Two of my pages printed at home, and two of my pages had gobbledygook, which is always amazing. So if we humble ourselves, and then we pray, and then we seek God, we then turn from our sin. And then God, in response, hears us, forgives us, and heals us. And then if we look at Psalm 32... One and two. Yep, that's on the screen too. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. So then we are blessed by God when we repent and are forgiven. And then Psalm 130, verse 4 but with you, with God, there is forgiveness so that we can, with reverence, serve you. So then forgiveness, God's forgiveness, 
makes us able to serve God. There are those main ideas up on the screen. But what does being called into God's service look like? So if we look at 2 Corinthians 5, chapter 5, verses 17 through 19, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he committed to us the message of reconciliation. So that's like a job. That's our service to God, that we actively participate in the ministry of reconciliation, that we actively participate in sharing the forgiveness of God with others. Mark 6, verses 9 through 15, is the Lord's Prayer. So I'm going to go to that really quickly. Because there's a section in here that, um, you know, I memorized the Lord's Prayer. A lot of people memorize the Lord's Prayer. And there's a part to it that I know I gloss over. And probably you do too. Oh, I said six. Let's see. Yep, six. So Mark 6, 9 through 15. And I am using the NIV if that part um, matters to you. Oh, that's not the right one. All right. Well, we want the Lord's Prayer. That's what we're looking for. I gave you the wrong reference. I apologize. But there's a part in in the Lord's Prayer where Jesus is instructing his disciples on how how they should pray. Um, So forgive us our debts or our um, trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Did you get that? Like, there's a sound of a record going, like, backing up in my head. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So we ask God for forgiveness, and yet part of that forgiveness is us forgiving others. Yeah. That's part of our work of the Ministry of Reconciliation, is forgiving others who hurt us, who harm us, who trespass against us, who take things from us. This suggests that forgiveness is a requirement for a relationship with God, and if we're part of that reconciliation and bringing others into relationship with God, then it's our responsibility, our calling, to forgive others. And we have an example of that in Matthew. This is right. I know it is. Um, Matthew 18, where Jesus is um, talking to Peter. Peter's like kind of the big man on campus a little bit. So Peter is all of us because we can 
get to a point in our lives where we think we're all that and a bag of chips too. And, uh, you know, Peter's been learning from Jesus for quite a, quite a few months and um, years, and he really wants to show what he's learned. And so he's like, okay, Jesus, how many times should I forgive somebody? Like seven times? Because that's a good round number, right? And Jesus is like, no, man. <laughs> that's not enough. Nope. Seventy-seven times. And Peter's like, what are you talking about? And so Jesus gives a parable because Jesus is good at those stories. So from um, Matthew 18, starting in 21, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Because that's good. And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. And since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. And at this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. And he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. And his fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. And when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. And then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And in anger, his master handed him over to the jailer to, jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or your sister from your heart. When you pair that with the Lord's Prayer, holy cow, that is a lot of hard work. So as God forgives us for every bad thing we do when we ask for it sincerely, we also need to forgive. And it's important and it come, that it come from the heart because that's where we're changed, from the inside out. That forgiveness, that part of being made new, the old has gone, the new has come, that part of the forgiveness transaction should be a blessing and an opportunity shared with everyone. Not to be hoarded or held back like this whole pie is mine and I don't have to share it. And instead, God is saying, yes, you do. <laughs> Just kidding. Yes, you do. You do have to share I'm a couple of slides behind myself or ahead of myself. No, we're good still going through those scriptures. Sorry. So the next one that I wanted us to look at was Mark 11, 24, and 25. Yep. 
And this is still about our responsibility with the forgiveness factor. We know what the forgiveness means. We know what it feels like to be made new. What a blessing it is. Mark says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive you your sins. So it's not just I'm asking for forgiveness. So then I have to forgive other people. It's also if you're hard hearted enough to not forgive somebody else. Your heart can't actually be open to the forgiveness God is going to give you. Just like the seeds that Jesus talks about in the parable, some are going to fall on the hard ground, and some are going to fall on the the stony ground, and some are going to fall on the, the soft ground that's actually able to accept the seeds. Your heart can't accept the love and forgiveness if your heart is not soft enough. If you can't forgive somebody for how they hurt you, you can't accept God's forgiveness, not truly, because you can't ask for it, truly. It's a reciprocal process. The next one I want to look at, the next scripture, is Ephesians 1. One through ten. So Paul is saying, this is in his letter to the people in Ephesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in this heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us. In him, before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put in effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. When we participate in communion, A part of that word, communion, is union, which is also part of unity. We're all doing the same thing, participating in the same remembrance, receiving the same gifts, but then also letting the same gifts out to others, filling to be given, receiving to be sent out not kept to ourselves. And then Romans 12 has more wisdom for us. Six through 21. 
We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And mercy is also a synonym of forgiveness. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position and do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And I mentioned that scripture specifically because... Sometimes we take unforgiveness a little bit far. So these are just some points from the scriptures that we've run through together. That um, forgiveness is active participation in God's work of reconciliation. That we're to forgive as we have been forgiven that we're supposed to make it a habit. That's that 77 times. Make it a habit. Practice forgiving as many times as it takes, even if somebody doesn't come to you and say they're sorry. That's a hard caveat because we want people to acknowledge what they've done to be sorry for it and come to us and and say that. I'm really sorry. But sometimes we don't get those apologies. And we're also not guaranteed those apologies. But God calls us to forgive anyway. To forgive in spite of that. And the reason he asks us to forgive is that forgiveness is part of our trust in him. That we're trusting God to remember the pain of that trespass the pain of that debt, and we're trusting God to take care of it. The only way God does take care of things. He takes care of our debt. He takes care of us. He forgives us. He blesses us. And even though we love accountability and comeuppance as people and as individuals, God does not do that to us. He asks us to forgive as he forgives. And that's really hard work. It's hard to be that vulnerable. It's hard to be that trusting. 
It's hard to put that person and that situation fully in God's hands. But he asks us to do it. It's a necessary part of following Christ. If Christ is our example, Christ hung on the cross asking his Father to forgive those who had put him there. Following Christ, living up to some of the songs that we sang today, bear your cross until the crown. That's what it means. I'm not saying to not have boundaries. That you have to continue to put yourself in a situation where you're consistently injured by another person. That's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is um, not actively standing in the way of somebody else's relationship with God. Let's see. Where are we? That's always the hard part of speaking about all of this. The other part um, that comes with this is that there are consequences if we don't forgive, and I think those consequences uh, are pretty hard to bear. Um, Hard-heartedness is hard to live with. Uh, Not being forgiven ourselves, having that separation from God, those are all really tough places to be in. And uh, I've spent time there. I've been mad at my husband, and I've wanted to just lock the door and make sure he didn't have his key with him so he couldn't come home. Now we have a keypad, so he has his own code, so I can't do that. (laughs) But when those times come, when those moments come, I have to say, Lord, I am just not good at this forgiveness part. Help me. Help me forgive. Help me not remember this. Help me not count it against. And then, because you moved into that moment, you also are new. You also have a new beginning. You also have hope. You also are forgiven for those difficult moments. A part of the message that Jesus was sharing with his apostles when he was saying, you know, forgive as your father forgives you. And if you can't forgive from your heart, the apostles were saying, increase my faith. That's a really important part of it. It takes faith and hope and trust and love to actually do this work of forgiveness. Faith that your forgiveness is going to be a gift to someone else, like it's a gift to you. Hope that it allows them the opportunity to turn it around. Lord, turn it around. Lord, turn it around. And trust that whatever the future holds for the relationship with you that you have with that person or don't have with that person afterwards, hope that there's restoration coming. And that is one of the promises that we can live in and claim That whatever is taken, whatever is stolen, whatever is damaged, whatever is broken, will be restored. Will be restored. Made whole. Forgiveness is part of that restoration process. 
It is a vulnerable place to be. It is scary. It's completely out of our control what happens after we choose forgiveness. But it's that choice of forgiving that God wants from us. A true offering from our heart. Putting this person, putting this situation, putting this in your hands, God. Increase my faith. Help me forgive. Help me be someone you can forgive. So in closing, we are supposed to live as God's chosen people. Colossians 3, 12 through 14 say this. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, forgiveness, kindness, forgiveness, humility, forgiveness, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. It's time. Isn't it time? Sometimes those burdens of unforgiveness are so, so heavy. If not today, when? If you received forgiveness today, offer it to someone else. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity, sharing at the table of Christ, remembering Christ's sacrifice and the forgiveness that that is. There's a song that I've loved to sing ever since it came out on the radio, and it's um, Holy Water. And the, the verse, the chorus that says, your forgiveness is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips. It's like the sound of a symphony in my ear. It's like holy water on my skin. Yeah. And then there's a bridge that says, I don't want to abuse your grace. We abuse God's grace when we don't forgive. And if you depend on God's grace to live every day, I do. If we depend on God's grace, we can't stand in the way of it for someone else. You have to forgive. It's essential for your life in Christ. It's essential for someone else's life in Christ. And the circle of love and the circle of forgiveness, it just goes on and on and on. As we live as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, we share that and spread that to everyone. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to be in your house of worship, to be a part of this household of faith, to feel the love that you shower down upon us. Help us increase our faith as we take steps into the forgiveness and the grace that you hold out for us. Help us to be open-hearted, to be able to offer up that forgiveness for others in the small ways and in the big ways. And we, when we can't do it under our own power, help us to turn to you and put those situations in your hands. And as we go out into your world, let us live as your holy, 
chosen, dearly loved children so that we may bring others into that relationship with you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.